Hi, and welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from ASI's Counselor Magazine. In this series, we'll be tackling the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting subjects like COVID-19 and tariffs to fun trends and new opportunities. I'm Chris Ruvo with Counselor, and today we're going to hear from a respected promo leader who is at the epicenter of the current coronavirus pandemic. Larry Cohen is president of Access Promotions Powered by Halo and a perennial member of Counselor's Power 50, the definitive ranking of the most influential people in the ad specialty industry. His Access Promotions is headquartered in New York City, where COVID-19 has had the worst impacts in the U.S., Today, Larry is going to offer personal and professional perspective on being a distributor at the heart of the worst pandemic in over a century. And that includes, believe it or not, how he and his creative, adaptable team are successfully keeping sales going. You don't want to miss this. So, so Larry Cohen, Access Promotions Powered by Halo, thank you so much for being with us today to um, chat about really what is the most pressing issue facing our industry and and you, given your geographic location, are are very much at the heart of it. Um, Before we get into anything professional though, can we just talk a little bit about things on on a personal level? What what have been some of the impacts that you've experienced as a result of COVID-19 and maybe what some, some AXIS team members are dealing with? Um, everyone's doing, you know, relatively well. I mean, fortunately, we were pretty well set up for for this. Most of our uh, infrastructure was already in the cloud, so people were mm-hmm. fairly easily able to make the transition from the office to their home. Um, I think working from home has been somewhat of a challenge for some, and um, getting into a routine that that makes it seem like it's going to work. But most people are relatively healthy. We've had. Uh, one person in our office who got it, um, and uh, she's doing well. Her father also had it, um, and was a person that was on a respirator, and he got released from the hospital this week. So, all around, um, we are in good shape. We've had um, two babies born uh, during uh, my goodness, the, really during okay. the crisis, and they were uh, they're actually two people that are very close friends, and they actually had babies on the same day. So. We've had lots of lots of good news, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you know, we've had access happy hours, and we've done a bunch of things just to try to keep everyone connected together. I think using GoToMeeting and other tools like that have kind of kept us face to face, and so we've been trying to, you know, really keep everyone engaged and trying just to do things that make it feel somewhat normal in okay. this abnormal times. Yeah. Now, um, does a lot of the access, uh, s- staff live in the city or are you guys, you know, bridge and tunnel or you're coming into the city? How, how does, how has that, that worked? Um, we have, uh, well, obviously we have offices in Chicago and Boston uh-huh. and, uh, a couple in New York. And sure. so, so it's really quite a, quite a hodgepodge. So we have people that used to come in from New Jersey and Long Island and some that lived in Brooklyn. So uh-huh. I think, Almost everybody who worked in our in our New York City office mm-hmm. was really dependent on some level of mass transportation, unless they lived in walking distance, which was not a lot of them. Okay. Um, or city bike. Um, so I think you know the you know they're definitely saving time, mm-hmm. saving commuting time. But mm-hmm. I think at some point down the road, people may look forward to getting out of their house. But I think that may be one of the biggest challenges we have uh, when we finally do get the green light to start going back to 
to work in a normal way mm-hmm. is how to navigate kind of the the transportation you know okay. issue, which is probably different for New York and than other people who work in more suburban offices. Yeah, oh, well said. Um, all right, so that's kind of a, a a little look into the um kind of the personal ways that you guys are dealing with um. What's it been like to be a distributor whose office is based at what is essentially the epicenter of of the pandemic? Um, you mentioned some things you're kind of doing to keep camaraderie up, but um, have there been extra challenges because of um, you know you are based you know I think headquartered in New York we could say, and then obviously you have operations in other major cities too. So just what has that been like? You know, I'm not. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, obviously being part of the Halo um, family, um, we we have regular calls and meetings. And so I do get a perspective on what's going on mm-hmm. in other parts of the country. And I'm not sure what New York is experiencing from a business perspective is so different than what's going on in other places because Interesting. Some, some places have um, really shut down mm-hmm. um, what would have been considered kind of normal commerce. So offices are closed, restaurants are closed. You know, a lot of the you know things that we would have normally spent a lot of time working on Mm-hmm. or visiting or, or closed in a lot of the places where um, our offices are and where our clients are. So I think the challenges are more of on the, you know, you know, globally in terms of how everybody's businesses are being impacted as opposed okay. to just being, just being in New York. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we obviously are not an essential, you know, kind of office and so we don't have to have anybody mm-hmm. um, go in, but like, you know, we do have people, in our Sterling, in our warehouse uh, in Sterling um, that are going in. Um, they have done a great job of kind of reworking how people work mm-hmm. and interact just because there is um, some essential businesses that we support. Um, okay. But being in New York, obviously, we are living it in kind of you know, daily and hourly updates from the governor who's done a great job and things like that. So it's, it's really something that we are so focus in on. And I think that I think New York is going to have some greater challenges and some other places um, reopening for a lot of the reasons that we discussed just because Mm -hmm. of the high concentration of people, the way the office spaces are typically set up, how people get to their offices Mm -hmm. um, will create, you know, challenges. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think we're, we're in good shape. Um, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that I would say may be a positive for us, I think that because New York is, and the governor's done a great job, you know, mm-hmm. things like masks have become kind of, you know, they've become mandatory. So we're spending a lot of time talking to our clients about, you know, mm-hmm. what is back to work going to look like? And okay. that's going to involve lots of things that, our industry is really good at like mm-hmm. how do we set how do we you know get people to focus on messaging how do we get people to um, recognize that you know they're going to have to do things differently and it could be everything from basic things like stickers on the floor telling people to walk in a certain direction mm-hmm. to sanitizers on their desks and wipes and uh, personalized drinkware and you know, so we've been really spending a lot of time thinking about what the new new might look like from right. a from a business perspective. And I think one thing about our industry is I think that we have a lot to sell mm-hmm. um, to our clients to help them get back to work and mm-hmm. also how to re-engage their businesses with their clients. Um, 
that's what you know you, you really anticipated what um uh, what what some of my next questions would be um one of them i wanted to get into though was that you you know that even though you are you know you're based where you are and you're facing some of the challenges you're facing you um you've managed to keep business going as as i understand it um and that in some ways i i, I think you, you even had some what you might call success amid all this um can you can you speak to that a little bit uh sure i mean we we have um we were very fortunate that um we someone on our team shamani peter is one mm -hmm. of the leading experts in kind of compliance. And very early on, we recognized that there was gonna be a need amongst not just our clients and the ones that need to stay open, but mm -hmm. also with some of the governmental entities out there. And we also had a pretty extensive um, network of uh, suppliers that we knew uh, overseas. And we were able to pretty quickly move and start selling some of the PPE um, items and you know, initially it was mainly focused on helping um, people in the medical field so it was okay. getting very hard to get very technical um, masks and other things that were really overkill for the general population okay. um, so we were successful at that and that has kind of led into so many other areas where our clients um, are and so we've been able to um source for them mm -hmm. things like masks and gloves and and other things and sanitizers mm -hmm. um when i think people were not having much success i think our industry is catching up to that um pretty quickly but that has kind of helped us get through the that first you know uh drop Right. And, and drop, right. And drop maybe drop may be an understatement sure, um, yeah. about that, um, but it helped us to kind of get through that period. And I kind of feel like while all of that is, is going to be with us for a really long time, mm -hmm. it's going to evolve into a, a different type of, you know, PPE things that are going to become part of our everyday lives. Unfortunately, it's going to okay. be the the reusable masks and mm -hmm. we have an amazing supplier that we've um, for that okay. um, uh, an apparel uh, manufacturer that we've worked with over the years okay. um, they're making masks with antibacterial but like I think that's gonna be the new look right mm -hmm. you're gonna leave your office and you're gonna be wearing a mask and you know if you're gonna take a train you're gonna be wearing a mask and mm -hmm. maybe wearing gloves I don't know I know that antibacterial is going to be big but I think our ability to pivot mm -hmm. to that area uh, very quickly mm -hmm. really enabled us to, you know, bring in revenue when revenue seemed to be dropping, you know, okay. very quickly. And we are starting to see our clients, um, you know, obviously gravitate towards that, but they're also now starting to have conversations with them mm -hmm. about what the new business world is going to look like. And if we're not going to go to trade shows for a while, or we're not going to fly off to meetings, how are we going to engage, you know, with them? And a lot of that um, will come down to, we think, how do you get them to pay attention? How do you get them to open a box and, you know, put a big smile on their face and, and deliver a message, you know, to them? Or how do you have a, a Zoom or a go-to-meeting meeting and once the meeting's over, you tell them, thank you for coming to the meeting. We're going to send you a gift. 
right? right? So instead right. of giving them, so while the quantities may go down, I think mm-hmm. the quality may go up in terms of what people give away. That's, in, that's interesting. That's a really interesting take. I, I, let me jump back to some of the PPE stuff yep. real quick. Um, when did you, when would you say that Access was able to make that, that pivot? Did you, did you see this coming, you know, before the shutdown measures or was it, you know, kind of right at the outset of it? When, when approximately were you able to start doing that? I think, I think pretty quickly after the, um, the shutdowns began, I, you uh-huh. know, I mean, it was something we were probably thinking about beforehand, but I don't think that we foresaw the the depth of mm-hmm. this. I mean, obviously we were seeing what's going on in China and Italy, but mm-hmm. until it hits closer to home, sometimes you can you can put your blinders on and say, sure, that's, that's they didn't handle that well. We're handling it better and maybe that won't hit us in the same way. Right. Um, but I would say probably within two weeks of, mm-hmm. you know, within the first two weeks, um, because that was really where business just stopped mm-hmm. um, because people suddenly weren't coming to work and they were getting adjusted. And I think everybody was in that um, very depressed mood of mm-hmm. what is life going to be like? I can't believe I'm home. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all kind of feeling it the same way. But I think one of the things that in addition to helping with revenue, mm-hmm. one of the things I think it really helped with is it helped to refocus our sales teams on something that could actually sell. That's because a great point. you can't really call your clients that are now at home and sure. trying to deal maybe with kids at home and trying to be like an educator and a mother mm-hmm. or a father and you know a, a cook and a cleaner and like you know all the roles that you know we typically spread out and where you're trying mm-hmm. to live every day. Um, but it actually gave them something to focus in on. So you mm-hmm. could talk to your clients about, you know, you do have employees that are going to need masks. There are businesses that have truck drivers mm-hmm. on the road. There are people working in warehouses, mm-hmm. um, you know, sanitizers and things like that. And it's just having that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And some clients bought, said, you know, we want to we buy some that we want to donate it. So it's like mm-hmm. just being able to have a conversation mm-hmm. um, was something that was important beyond the, you know, the first conversations were how you were doing. And, and, and uh, then it kind of became about, you know, we know that you're not going to be buying the normal things that we would have sold you, but here are some things that we should talk about. Right. And, and, it, and it wasn't like they were going to go, sure, sign me up today. Mm-hmm. But you need to start laying the groundwork for the PPE. And I think we started that pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I think that got helped break some of our people out of the funk of, oh my God, my business is dead. Yeah. To, there are going to be opportunities down the road. Um, and we still, and I don't think it's, I, you know, for people who are going to listen to this, I don't think this is too late because mm-hmm. I think this is going to be something that's going to go on for mm-hmm. a while. And I don't mean the necessarily the COVID virus and the, as virulent as it is right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more about how we are going to live our lives and do our businesses is going to be something that we're going to live with for a long time. And it's going to change how we approach things and how we travel and how we go to hotels and how we do business. I think there are opportunities out there. That's, that's, that's really interesting, Larry. Um, just the, the morale boosting aspect of everything, uh, you know, I hadn't considered that the kind of effect that would have on, 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 on salespeople, of course, and just to be able to do that and to feel like you have some a viable conversation to have, I could see that being such a lift during, um, during tough times. Um, uh, as far as, um, the, the sales go, it sounded like there was initially you were, you were working with some healthcare clients and then it moved into all different 
types of clients. Have any of them looked into or asked for to have masks branded or anything like that? Um, there are definitely some that are starting to look at, you know, in that we weren't, we, uh, not, not definitely not in the medical area, but now we are starting to see, um, lots of, well, obviously lots of our suppliers have moved, um, Mm -hmm. into that area. Um, Mm -hmm. most of our clients are, are looking at either, um, doing them blank or branded in a, in a subtle way. Um, Okay. Um, we, I don't. I haven't seen any orders come through where we've had kind of this big, bold, you know, mm-hmm. branding, um, on your, on your face. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think that'll, that will shift also. Like, I think, you know, if, and when we get back to going to sporting events, if we are going to wear masks, it would, you could, you could see people wearing it almost like a, like a Jersey, right. It's kind of something yeah. that's in your face. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think there's room for all of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are definitely seeing a little bit of a, of a movement towards uh, slow going. And also I think we're going to see it moved into the fashion realm, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just going to be kind of that lightish blue medical grade mask. I think, again, I think the reusables will become, um, you know, a significant part of this as companies kind of move into getting their employees back to work. One from a comfort perspective, but also I think just from a, from a pure cost perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the disposables are not inexpensive and you can buy some good reusable ones. Um, so I think, again, like I was saying earlier, I think this is going to become something that's been with us for a long time and, you know, it will become a bit of a fashion statement. So what do you want to wear that day? Maybe what does it, what goes with your outfit? I don't know whether it'll come down to that, but, mm-hmm. but you never know. I, I think you're a hundred percent right on that. You know, the, um, uh, New York Times had an article, uh, I want to say last week t- to that effect, you know, talking about, um, you know, fashion brands that are that are now offering, uh, you know, you know, masks that act as like a personal statement, if you will. Um, you know, we're seeing NBA team, we've uh, at ASI, I've done a few articles too about, um, you know, NBA teams. Now you could buy a, a mask with your NBA, favorite NBA teams logo on it. And um, uh, there's a, a lot of musical acts are now getting into selling masks that have some kind of, you know, branding associated with them on it and not in overt ways, but in, in ways that still get it out there. And there's usually some kind of charitable component, at least so far tied to some of these, um, you know, mask initiatives on, on whether it's fashion or in the world of uh, branded products. And I, I, I think you're right. I think it's this is just going to be something we see more and more of going forward. And it's going to become commonplace for a while, probably at least until, you know, there's a vaccine or, or some kind of herd immunity that health officials are saying we can look to to make us all feel comfortable again in, in public. I, 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 I agree. I mean, I think that people are going to need multiples of them mm-hmm. because wear one, wash one, you know, I mean, you know, this could become, you may need to have your mask drawer, you have your sock drawer, your underwear mm-hmm. drawer, you may right. need your mask drawer <laughs> right. uh, at, at some point down the road. But I, I, I mean, I agree. I, you know, I agree with that. Um, uh, again, it's, it, it's, it's, it is another item that we can brand. And I, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, you know, I'm one of those people like that, I know what I like to wear and I, I, if, if it's branded tastefully, I don't mind wearing a logo. If it's mm-hmm. big and garish, um, mm-hmm. probably not. So I would say that, you know, different masks for different purposes, like a sporting yeah. event could be one thing, but you know, going out every day will be a completely different thing. Yeah. Let's um shift gears for a second from, from PPE um, onto what we would consider, I guess, our more 
traditional sales, uh, promotional products, uh, print products. Have you seen any movement in, in those type of sales? Like in particular, I'm wondering, has has some of your PPE sales maybe opened the door to some of those traditional promotional product sales with some clients? And and if so, what types of clients and what types of products are you seeing move? Well, it was interesting. Before we even really pushed the PPE, one mm-hmm. of the things that we got out fairly early was the idea of when we knew events were, you know, events were being canceled. So, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't, it wasn't like everything down. It's like, we're canceling this event, we're canceling that event. And uh, one of the things that we've been very successful with over almost our entire existence is using dimensional mail to deliver messaging to Mm -hmm. um, recipients. And so we recognized fairly early on that the same clients that were canceling these big events Mm -hmm. had an opportunity to target some of their um, key buyers who they're not going to see on a trade show floor through uh, direct mail. So we put together some presentations and just to get them thinking and talking about that as an, as an opportunity. Okay. And we have seen um, a real uptick, you know, in that um, really? okay. area. Um, because if you think about it, right, like if you're not going to meet people on a trade show floor and you're not going to be able to go to their offices mm-hmm. and meet with them, how are you going to get their attention? How are you going to get your brand out in front of them? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the, the giveaway, you know, and this is something I've always felt strongly about, like the giveaway is marketing, it's advertising, it's brand building. Mm-hmm. And those needs are not just going to disappear. You're still going to have to build your brand. Right. We're going to have to build yeah. brand loyalty. So we're going to have to figure out ways to get our brands out in front of people. And that, Obviously, digital is one way, but you know, as things have gotten more digital, mm-hmm. the the and and as we've become more separated from all of that, the tangible nature of what we do will have that much more of an impact because people are going to be um, separated from it more than they used to. If you went to trade shows and you walked up and down the aisle and you just mm-hmm. stop here and you grab something, stop there and grab something, stop there and got a conversation. Now, when you get it, it's going to feel that much more special. So, mm-hmm. I think for us. It was even before the PPE side of it, we were already talking to clients about this because they were they were canceling events, but mm-hmm. they still needed to market. And I think that's a great if a message. If there's a message to our industry in general, is that um, I would say that one of it, the messages is, is that people are going to get back to business of selling whatever they sell. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a service. It's going to be a product. It's going to be something that they need to do to continue generating revenue so their business survives. Mm-hmm. We should and can be part of that conversation because part of it's going to be, you know, doing a conversation like we're having or mm-hmm. doing a go to meeting. But it's also going to be how do you actually put something in their hands that delivers a message or how do you get them to open a package that mm-hmm. actually delivers a um, a message or a pain, a pain that you can solve for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things are going to have to be delivered in a different way. And I think that we can be part of that. That That's really encouraging. I, I, I think you're right because I think there's a sense among, among some, certainly not every, but there is a sense among some that, Oh my gosh, you know, how, how am I ever going to get business back there? You know, there's not going to be, you know, ball games. There's not going to be, you know, trade shows. There's not going to be conferences. What, what am I going to do? Well, your fundamental point is that no, that the, the reason for those events happening hasn't gone away. 
you know, it's just, it's shifting what it is. And there's a way for us to, as an industry to fit into that, I think is, 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 is a great point for everybody to keep in mind for sure. And absolutely. And I, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, like you may do fewer, but they may spend money on something that's better and maybe has more impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think if you're, if, if you're in a business that traditionally focused on sporting events, mm-hmm. um, you know, those sporting event giveaways are probably going to be smaller for mm-hmm. a while if they even exist, because mm-hmm. some games might start off with no fans and then, well, fans in every other seat or two seats away, so it'll be fewer fans. Mm-hmm. But again, these businesses, sports, I mean, they need to build their fandom, figure mm-hmm. out a way to help them do that, whether it's through something you can mail to the season ticket holders or mail to you know fans who sign up to you know participate in a club or something. So they're uh, just have to th- start thinking differently. And if you mm-hmm. think that, you know, you're going to go back and do everything just like you used to do it. I think you're probably going to be in trouble because you need to start thinking more broadly mm-hmm. than that. Cause I don't think we're just going to go back and everything's going to, you know, they're going to say COVID's over. And we're going to go back to normal. Right. Yeah. As, as everyone says, it's not a flip of a switch to, to back to suddenly we're at, you know, December, 2019 again, it's not, it's not going to be that for sure. Right. And if, uh, you, if you think about it, I mean, I mean, you know, there's a big conversation that's going to come back after this is how many people do I actually need in an office? Mm-hmm. Now? Mm-hmm. So when you have fewer people in the office, then more people are going to be working from home. And then there's going to be pressure on HR to make sure that those people feel nurtured and supported and loved. Mm-hmm. And so there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity to market to those people who are working from home because they're not in an office environment. So and there are definitely going to be opportunities. It's just going to be things are going to change and you need to be open enough to kind of recognize those changes and try to take advantage of those. Really well said. Um, so looking at, at 2020 now, we're, we're kind of um, a chunk of the way now into the, to the second quarter, um, I guess maybe almost a third of the way in, into it. Um, how do you see 2020 playing out for, for the promotional products industry? You know, do you see, do you think, there's the potential of a strong rebound later in the year. Um, where, where do you see us going as far as sales this year, collectively as an industry? Um, my guess is is that whatever we're in right now will continue probably at least through the end of the second and third quarter, possibly. Mm-hmm. I could see us maybe having a, a stronger fourth quarter, because I think by that point, you know, hopefully we will have gotten back to, you know, some of the, the new normal mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. points. And, you know, a fourth quarter traditionally is a pretty strong time of year mm-hmm. um, for us, whether that's going to be, you know, gifting and other things. Um, I don't see, I mean, I don't see events and trade shows and other things like that coming back um, anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think 2000, uh, 20 is going to be a, a difficult year all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're, we're, you know, we're starting to see some stabilization. And I think, you know, we'll start seeing an uptick from the lows mm-hmm. that we are at now because I mean, we have to, right? No business mm-hmm. can survive um, yeah. with, with the sales that they're, that they're doing um, now. And so mm-hmm. the, the faster, uh, we can kind of get people re-engaged in 
in marketing and in um, targeting how they want to grow their businesses, mm-hmm. the faster that we can actually become part of that conversation. All right. Very, very good. Um, I, I, I know this is a difficult question and it's no one has a crystal ball, but do you have, do you have any sense when we might return to pre-crisis levels and pre-crisis levels was in, in 2019 last year, distributors collectively, I think we're at 25.8 billion as an industry. Do you see us getting back to that level anytime within the next couple of years or, or what kind of time frame might you have in mind for that? You know, uh, not I'm not an economist and and I, and I and I and I'm and I'm, and, I, and I'm a guy who you know I, I always say like I, you know my glass is always you know pretty much full of optimism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say I, I can't see us getting back to pre-crisis levels um, in the next couple of years okay fair enough if I if I had to guess um, at it because I, I just think that structurally Mm-hmm. That the the unemployment that we are going through, the changes in the nature of businesses, um, you know the you know the social distancing that's still going to go on. So you know restaurants are going to struggle. I think travel it's going to take a while for travel you know to come mm-hmm. back, um, which impacts hotels and service levels. I just think that we are structurally going to have to try to figure out how to kind of deal through this. And mm-hmm. and I mean. From what you read about COVID, is that you know, this is not you know this is the first wave, sure of yep. it, and we're going to have you know other waves that come after this, and I don't see us maybe going back to the same level of closure because hopefully that um, the research they're doing on antibodies will show that you can build up some resistance mm-hmm. um, to this. But you know they're talking about a vaccine is 18 months out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even if the vaccine works or is it like a flu vaccine that works on 40 percent so right. i think it's going to take a while for us to get back but i also think that again they're going to be they're going to be opportunities um out there for us to try to have a different conversation mm-hmm. with our clients mm-hmm. and and engage with them and so for i think for some people in our industry there are going to be they're going to be new opportunities mm-hmm. to to grow their businesses all right. Um, you've kind of answered. This is the, the last question I had for you. You've kind of answered this one throughout the whole throughout our whole discussion here. But um, maybe we'll nail it down to a few major bullet points as you see it. Um, how will our industry forever be changed by by this whole experience of, of, of COVID nineteen? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know about forever because that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a really long time. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that. The COVID is going to accelerate some trends that we're already seeing in kind of the macro world. Mm-hmm. So more people potentially working from home, um, more people using GoToMeeting and, and services like that for mm-hmm. meetings, um, as opposed to getting on plane and traveling, which will impact travel um, mm-hmm. and other areas, which is which again are big can be big parts of what our industry is about. I also think it may accelerate the move away from trade shows mm-hmm. um, and some and some of the larger um, some of the larger events. So, I mean, forever to me is you know in, in the way the world is changing now could be um, a few, you know three to five years. Okay. Seems like a re- it seems like a really long time, but I sure. I do think that you know the the potential impact on trade shows may be one of the larger. Mm-hmm. kind of near-term impacts because if people aren't going to trade shows, there's so much 
that we do that are trade show related. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could probably maybe be maybe one of the biggest you know impacts that we see um, in the near future. I hope that's not the case. I think mm-hmm. trade shows can be in a fa- very effective way. Um, and then you know, look, we're you know, human nature is 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 really strong and. I think we'll start seeing ways that we engage with people differently. And I think that we need to find a way to have that face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. because doing it this way um, kind of blows. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, I, you, you know, the technical and, term there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a technical <laughs> term. Um, yeah. But I would say, you know, and, you know, weirdly, you know, sometimes I'm seeing old friends more now on, you know, go to meeting and zoom and stuff like that than I did in the mm-hmm. past. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I think we all need to figure out a way to kind of get back to a new normal where we can start engaging with each other again. All right. Very, very well said. And, um, you know, just any final thoughts, maybe, maybe one, you know, optimistic, you shared some actually quite a, a few positive insights today. Just, just anything that comes to mind, just an optimistic final thought for the industry. I mean, I think you, I think our industry, and again, I think some of our industry or at least the perception of the industry has been, we just sell a bunch of products and, mm-hmm. I think the conversations, you know, now more than ever need to be about marketing and engagement and strategy because our clients need help. They need um, they need some of the tools that we have because we can deliver so many different types of products and so many different types of messages mm-hmm. um, that I think we should do well through this if we can get our clients talking about what their problems are and the solutions they're looking for and have us become part of that conversation as opposed to having them just call us at the end and said, I need, you know, something. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you think about how the world is going to change, I mean, if you're in the pen business and you've got a pen with a stylus, like people are like, what do you use a stylus for? Like, well, I can imagine all sorts of ways to use a stylus now. Mm -hmm. Like when you go to your ATM, I don't want to touch the buttons on the ATM. Sure. Right. (laughs) So, yes. and then by the way, I want a pen with my name on it so nobody else touches it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, when's the next time you're going to go to a bank and pick up a pen that's on the counter and sign it? You're not. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have your own. So there's so many things that our industry can do um, that I think if we think globally and, and think strategically, I think we can play a really big role in the, uh, in the upturn. Well, that's that's a wonderful final thought there. And um, Larry, I appreciate your insight so much today. You've been you've been extremely candid, and I think you know right on the money with a lot of your assessments of of, of where we're going. Um, Larry Cohen, Access Promotions, powered by Halo. Larry, thanks so much for being with us. Chris, thanks for having me. Good luck with everything.